you are a grown human being. But just look at yourself. Look what you've become. You're addicted. It started when you were young. Just a little bit here and there. And over time, you can't get enough of video games. Welcome to One More Game. They keep making them, and we keep playing them. And everyone around us will keep nagging. Boy, you guys sure do complain a lot. If it's video game news, reviews, and commentary, we're talking about it. So when your life doesn't allow you to spend time playing games, we've got you covered. This is the One More Game Podcast. And now your hosts, The Stroke and Swift Mita. I turned myself into a pickle, Swift. Boom, big reveal. I'm a pickle. What do you think about that, Stroke? I turned myself into a pickle. I'm Pickle Matt. Good evening, gamers, to One More Game Podcast. This is episode 48 on 8 July 2023. I'm your host, The Stroke, and I'm here with my good friend, the original banger, Swift Mita. Swift, what's going on, dude? (laughs) What's up, buddy? I'm just so happy to be back. We've had to reschedule numerous times, but we're here. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. And uh, we do not have Pickle Matt with us tonight, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to make it happen because you guys deserve it. It's been a while, and uh, time to get back into the flow of things. Uh, I promise I'm not going to move again at least for another year. So let's, yeah, you, uh, You've clearly <laughs> moved too much this year. Yeah, I'm going to call that the main uh, factor when it comes to not uh, recording episodes. So we'll try to get that fixed on. Looks like you're in a new location. What's going on with you? Yeah, dude. I So uh, Shannon is gone this weekend. She's in Vegas living her best life with some clients. And so I uh, got a new desk and I'm moving the podcast setup down here. Um. Uh, it's nice, except right now I can't figure out my, I think my monitors are just too bright. I can't really figure out why my face is just so illuminated compared, compared to yours. You're just, Maybe it's a camera setting. You're just so white. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's yeah. nothing I mean, else you can do. It, for sure. Nice. Yeah, I've noticed if you sit real close to your monitor, uh, it can brighten you up. But Yeah, I tried to. So what back, you you picked up the old uh, Elgato? What's it called? The desk? No, or not the, not Elgato. Secret the Labs. Secret Lab. Secret Labs Magnus Pro. Oh, that moves so up and sexy. down. It's real nice. Because Shannon, because Shannon, when we open the the tasting room, Shannon is gonna move her office there. But oh, for nice. now, we got her this desk so she can stand and work. Um. And then she also just ordered herself a, because Prime, making deals on everything, she ordered herself like a standing treadmill so that when she's on work call, she can just like walk all day oh, long. Oh, strong. Nice. Which is going to be great for me. Get fit, girl. Yeah, get get that girl fit. Get those steps yeah. in. All right. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, let us know how the desk is because it looks awesome. And, uh, Dude, it is awesome. If you're in the market for an awesome uh, a new desk, the Secret Lab desk looks pretty Gucci. All right, dude. It's been a while, so let's just jump right into the news for the, we'll call it week. <laughs> yeah, call it a week. All right, so if you've been following along with uh, this whole Microsoft ordeal uh, with the Activision Blizzard uh, deal that they've got going on, 
the uh, FTC trial has been going on, and in a uh, in one of the interviews, Microsoft Phil Spencer stated uh, back in 2019 that all ZeniMax games moving forward, if you don't know what ZeniMax is, it's basically the parent company of Bethesda, so all of those games moving forward would be exclusives to Xbox, not just the new IPs, but all games going forward, which... If you've kind of been on the Microsoft side of this whole lawsuit thing going on with the FTC, and you've kind of been like, no, Microsoft's not going to make everything exclusive, this is kind of a pretty big deal because it kind of goes to show that there's a little bit more under the hood as to why uh, Microsoft's doing these big, big uh, acquisitions of uh, huge companies. So can you imagine if every single game that came out for Bethesda was a Microsoft exclusive, like what that would change for the market, like Elder Scrolls, Starfield coming out. That'd be pretty... Yeah, I mean, that'd, that'd be big. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of interesting because you and I have kind of been, you know, keeping up with this and, and talking about it, but we've kind of been like, you know, just let it happen. Microsoft seems to be you know, a little bit more along the good guy side, kind of wanting things to be on Game Pass and all letting everyone play and, and be encouraging for the for the uh, the gaming scene. But now I kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of flopping the other way, thinking this could actually be bad for gamers if Microsoft gets its hands on too many titles. Well, I feel like this is kind of um, a step in the... I don't know if I want to say right direction, but a certain direction for Microsoft where Xbox has some ex- exclusives, like some good ones, finally, you know, versus yeah. what we've talked about previously where PlayStation owns essentially everything other than Halo. Yeah, everything so, that matters. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little interesting. I don't know. Well, it, It's ongoing. Things are continuing to go on, and uh, we'll see you. We'll, keep, we'll try to keep you updated, but I thought it would be interesting for you guys to know that there has been plans, at least at least from other acquisitions, for Microsoft to make those certain games uh, exclusive to Microsoft, all Bethesda games. So we'll see what the, the plan going forward was with Activision, if it even happens. Uh, based on this stuff, I don't foresee that happening, but uh, we'll keep you updated. Mm, yep. All right, dude, you and I had a talk with uh, Pickle Matt and uh, Buttered Toast a couple weeks ago about physical games. Like, do you care? Do you, When you buy games nowadays, do you care if you have the physical copy or do you buy solely digital? No, these days I'm almost 100% digital. I shouldn't even yeah. say almost 100%. I'm 100% digital. I am too. I'm completely 100% digital. The only reason I would ever buy a physical copy of a game is so that my son can know what it is like to have a game and put it in and be responsible for not losing it and all that kind of stuff. But even so, it's like, come on. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't know. I'm Pickle Matt. We'll die on this hill. Yeah, he will. Ordering ordering games, hard copy games. And it's just like, I can literally have it the second it releases. Yeah. Why do I want to wait for the physical copy yeah. to get to my house? Yeah. It's interesting, but uh, I thought it would be interesting to bring up this fact. Tears of the Kingdom sold more hard copies than 
uh, Resident Evil 4 and more than Star Wars Jedi Survivor combined. Uh, no kidding. Which is kind of crazy. So physical copies alone. I think uh, it. I think it might go back to what Pickle Matt says about like nostalgia of having a a hard copy of the game and plus, I don't know. His thing is I can resell it when I'm done. I'm just like I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's his big thing. He wants to be able to sell it when he's done playing it. But I never yeah. beat games, so I, yeah, need exactly. to, I need to hold on to it forever just in case. You just have it. Yeah. Well, cool. Congrats to Tears of the Kingdom. Great game. And uh, I'm not surprised. Where are you that at it, in that game? Um, I, I guess we'll get to it in yeah. games we played, potentially. But I've, I've tried to start moving towards uh, the next dungeon. I don't know if you've gotten into that yet, but... Okay. Uh, I've been sidetracking a lot in that game, but I haven't had Same. a whole lot of time dude, to game. Dude, I've I've found like 40 rock seeds. Yeah. That's like all I do these days. You just look at rocks and pick them up and there's a new Korok seed. Yeah. They're poop, actually. They're Korok <laughs> poops. Anyways. Uh, cool. News on the Diablo 4 front. Diablo 4 Season 1 release date was revealed along with some cool details about the the season so basically said it's called the season of the malignant it features a dangerous new threat in the form of a malignant monsters spreading throughout the sanctuary any elite monsters will be able to spawn as a malignant monster with additional powers and then of course they've got the battle pass the first seasonal journey new faces new enemies new powers and a new storyline quest uh and that's all coming out uh, on july 20th season of the malignant um, I guess we will talk about it and what we played, but are you looking forward to the first like actual seasonal content for Diablo? Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> so funny. So this is the first Diablo game that I've beaten. So I don't, I didn't really understand how the seasonal things worked. Um, and uh, Easy and Tiger were explaining it to me today that I have to start all over, and I'm really super not happy about that. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of like Destiny, dude. You got to get into the seasons and uh and get that grind on, but uh dude, we've been grinding. I'm in uh world tier 4 with Easy Tiger. Wow. It's been I got to catch real up. Real exciting. I got to catch up. Yeah. You gotta start the, gaming again, dude. The seasons are cool because they add new, fresh like abilities and powers and stuff, and it kind of changes up like what's meta and stuff. So it keeps the game fresh and exciting. Um, so I'm ex- interested to see what their kind of model is going to look like for Diablo Four because seasons can keep a game fresh, like Destiny. Sometimes those seasons can also make it really boring if it's not a fun season. Yeah, I also have no idea. Like I said, first first game I've first Diablo game I've done to completion, so to speak. So um, I really got to get into how to build stats and gems and all that stuff that I have not cared about until this point. Yeah, uh, our first time chatter GZDR forever says, but will Nintendo add DLC and make Tears of the Kingdom a games as a service? They will get listed on the MPD, but they can maintain revenue. You want to be Tears of the Kingdom or you want 
to be Fortnite. Yeah, I wasn't super stoked about the DLCs that came out for Breath of the Wild. I don't even think I bothered with them. I don't know. To me, Zelda is a Zelda game should be a standalone product, not a Fortnite type thing where they're starting to release skins and all that kind of stuff. So I think Swift is probably in the same boat and Pickle Matt as well. Yeah, just bring me back to N64 where I don't need any extra nonsense. Just give me the game, and that's the game. If your game is good enough, I don't need anything else. That's That right. should be it, which uh, Zelda games have been able to do, but I don't know. I'm sure they'll try to get milk more money out of it like they did with Breath of the Wild. We'll see. Cool, cool. Well, uh, one more thing I thought would be cool, Swift, to talk about since you are still rocking that Tesla over there is Tesla is readying support for third-party apps in their cars. So I wanted to ask you, what app would you want, number one, to be available in your Tesla? Besides Tinder, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course, that's number one. And then Bumble. And then and Grinder, And then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't... I don't know I'll, that I need. I'll give you one. Apps. I want yeah. Audible. I can't stand that I can't listen oh, to audiobooks dude. on my te- in the Tesla. But you can if you connect your phone. Yeah, but I want it to be body problem. I want it to be like California, right on my dashboard. Yeah, I I I respect that. Yeah, there there are some things like when you stop. I guess one for me. And I know Tesla is so proprietary that they probably won't ever do it. But like Apple TV. Yeah. We, can't, we got Hulu and Netflix and Twitch and all, but we can't get Apple TV on here. That's frustrating. Yeah. So they got Disney Plus on there. Disney Plus is great. I still have not watched uh, the second Avatar. Oh, it was good, dude. I, yeah. yeah I, I heard it got really good reviews. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I might watch that when we're done because she well, not here and she she wanted nothing to do with it. You need three hours, just so you know. I know. <laughs> well, it's early here. I'm in Arizona. Nice. All right. Well, that's basically the news for the weeks that we've missed. Uh, it's mostly Microsoft stuff with Activision Blizzard and uh, not a lot has been finalized. So keep your eyes and ears out and we'll uh, we'll continue to bring you updates on that. Bad Johnny, but with that being said, we'll just jump into our uh, game's radar for the week. All right, a DLC expansion is coming out for Rain World called Downpour, which we'll kind of show you a little trailer for here, but uh, Rain World looks kind of interesting. I want to try it out because I'm kind of a big fan of platformers and Metroidvanias, Um, but Downpour is going to allow you to play like four player five to four to five player co-op in this game um it's a dlc expansion for rain world it lets you take control of five new characters with new abilities in this vast redefined world slug cats have adapted to their harsh conditions alongside evolved predators survive new environmental conditions dangers and explore uncharted territories that comes out on the 11th uh the dlc for uh, rain world called downpour I know we brought this game up a while back, Swift, but um, I think I'm going to see if I can get this on the old Steam Deck. Check it out. The graphics are pretty rough. They're kind of, I don't know, definitely indie, obviously, but uh, I think I might check this game out. 
yeah the graphics that's a big thing for me it looks i mean it's you know whatever indie 2d platformer um, not gonna lie to you a ton. july is pretty rough for new games coming out so yeah some of these are going to be a little bit uh obscure but <laughs> that doesn't mean they they're not going to be good we got to check them out all right i gotta uh, i gotta get back into my obscure game of the week yeah this dive. might be a good time yeah why don't you tell uh some people about uh gravity circuit yeah so gravity uh july 13th on ps and pc it's a flashy action-packed 2d platformer another 2d platformer um in the spirit of console classics follow kai a lone operative war hero who harnesses mysterious powers of the gravity circuit on an adventure in a post-apocalyptic world inhabited by sentient robots. I think post-apocalyptic world is the number one uh, adjective for video game yeah, description. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're, sentient robots. Yeah. If you're a fan of Mega Man games, this game is a home run. And I'm a huge <laughs> yeah. Mega Man fan and it looks exactly like Mega Man. I'm really, really might check that out. But there you have it. Those are our uh, those are our games really for the week. And uh, if you're excited about any of these, why don't you go ahead and let us know? Reach out to us at omg underscore podcast gg on Twitter or Instagram. Send us a picture of you playing. That'd be awesome. And talk about how awesome you are uh, playing these games that we recommend. Uh, Gravity Circuit and then Rain World Downpour. I I don't know if you can hear that, but in my new office. The air conditioner vent is literally right over where I decided to set up the podcast station. So it sounds... I can't hear it. So. Okay, good. Good job, NVIDIA broadcast. All right, guys, that's our games radar for the week. And uh, like we said, you can reach out to us. You can also reach out to us on our Discord, One More Game Discord. Swift's going to send the link out in the chat, and I'll send that mm-hmm. on the uh, description for the podcast. But... You can join us in there, play games with us, join our community as we grow and uh, start to spread the love of One More Game's passion for gaming. And you can also find a channel in there called Sweet Pickles where One More Game Podcast hooks you up with some sweet gamer deals, deals on technology, all kinds of stuff. Usually Pickle Matt keeps that thing pretty well updated. Um, But this week all we really have for you is you can use the code OMGPOD10 at viraltech.com or swiftlifestyles.com and get yourself some uh, sweet one more game podcast energy for your gaming is it sessions. OMG 10, OMG Pit Pod 10 for Swift Lifestyles as well. Uh it's actually OMG Pod fi- 15. 15 now. Get yourself yeah, yeah, 15% yeah. off over there at uh, swiftlifestyles.com. Nice. And uh I actually just took some of that to keep myself uh energized for this podcast. So I'm ready Love to rage. And I'm go. not shaky. So, yeah, there you have it. You're listening to the One More Game Podcast. They keep nagging, we keep playing. Now, back to your hosts, The Stroke and Swift Mita. I'm Pickle Man! All right, Swift. Let's get into the major topic for the week, Nintendo Part 2. 
All right, so it's been a it's been a few weeks. We brought you a Nintendo Part One episode where we talked about the very early origins of Nintendo as a company, and now this week we're going to kind of get into the uh, the second part of our three part series about the awesome company that is Nintendo. So we're talking 1982 to 1988, the NES era. So. Probably some of my fondest gaming memories, some of yours as well. I know N64 was your big time, but I know you've got some uh, some of these games played. So let's just go back, revisit what's going on back in the 80s, besides mullets and uh, heavy metal, and let's Dude, just and, talk and about... bright bright ski suits. You know? Oh, I love those. Let's talk about a little bit about Nintendo. So in 1983, Nintendo released what's called the Family Computer System in Japan. Which I feel like wouldn't have done so well in America, so eventually they're going to end up changing the name of that. But it was called the Famicom for short, and uh, it sells a half a million units, but immediately it has to get recalled for freezing units, which has got to be pretty rough when you're releasing your first uh, console. Dude, when you're setting trends, you're dealing with, you know, BS. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, buy our game. It's a hundred and something oh, oh. bucks. And also, by, by the, the way, way, we need that we need that computer back. Yeah, it's freezing, <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and send that on back? Uh but cool. So yeah, a little rough at the beginning, but it does sell pretty well in Japan, and then they decide to uh get Nintendo of America going and they redesigned the Famicom uh as the Nintendo Entertainment System for sales in the US, the NES. Uh and they even redesigned the way the thing looked. So if you remember the American version uh just gray and black with some buttons and that was it well and the famicom in japan was this maroonish reddish thing on top of like beige of course of course it was (laughs) it looked straight out of the 80s it looked like my first car from the 80s that my parents bought me (laughs) um but yeah so they redesigned that bad boy and it comes over to america and uh sells pretty well and starts to take over the video game market if you remember those times Atari kind of had their kind of had their claws in the uh, video game industry, and Nintendo kind of took this thing by storm. So uh, it was actually almost released in the U.S. as an Atari product. Uh, Atari was in the works making a deal with Nintendo to kind of be the distributors slash licensor of the uh, Famicom in the U.S. Uh, but there was some drama over Donkey Kong, the port over to Atari. They wanted to be able to port the Donkey Kong arcade game over to Atari. And so it kind of soured the relationship between Atari and Nintendo. And that ended all of the talks of Atari releasing Nintendo. How different of a landscape would that have been? Yeah, right. Dude, I actually, so I, um, what was it, two weeks ago, I was doing a golf tournament with my grandpa, his member guest in North Carolina. And I was like, do you guys still have your Atari? Turns out my uncle took it, but they don't use it. So I immediately messaged them and I was like, can I have it please? Because not only now am I going to have an Atari upstairs in the loft, I'm going to have an uh, original Nintendo, an NES, an N64, an Xbox One, which will probably never get used, and a PS5. So it's going to be gamer and a GameCube. It's going to be amazing. You're kind of making me jealous because I've been looking at them on eBay. Like, oh, but dude, I don't even know I'm if you can so get them stoked. to work on a. I think you have to get some adapters and stuff to get uh, them to work yeah, on it. I'll, I'll figure it out. You'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, well, cool. Well, from 1983 to 1985, there was a massive, massive video game crash in all over the world, but mostly in the U.S. Think about this. There was a 97% decrease in U.S. sales of video games in a two-year time period. Imagine that. Like, imagine in two years if suddenly 97% of video game sales went away. Like, I don't even know. You can't even fathom that. I feel like these days if that happened, companies would just be like, nope, we're done. Yeah, we, we're, it's over. Yeah. But they kept on keeping on, you know? They did, and so it left a huge opening for Nintendo uh, to uh, get into the market, and Atari and most other U.S. companies were casualties of that crash, so Nintendo had a an opportunity to jump right in. So the crash made Nintendo weary of really... So the big... the big They think the big cause of the, the video game crash of that time was they just started releasing like straight-up trash like as fast as possible. One of the biggest examples was an E.T. game was made for Atari that was so bad that they buried hundreds and hundreds of copies of the game in New Mexico. And somebody found them years and years later. And it was in the news, this big thing. But the game was literal garbage. Even the guy who designed it has been interviewed to say, like, I literally put this thing together as fast as I could to make money. And it, so It almost reminds me of the current time. Yeah, yeah. Where companies exactly. just put together trash, but have the ability now to like patch and be like, "Oh, we're sorry. Here's a here's an update." You know, but back in that day, you didn't. So that was yeah. it. And so I think the market was just getting tired of that crap, and so they 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 fought back and stopped buying the junk. And so Nintendo was kind of weary of releasing games like Atari had. That were just junk. So they actually established, and I think this is probably one of their best moves they ever made. It was called the seal of quality rule for games released on the NES. They had to be actual, like, approved, sealed, seal of quality saying, hey, this is a Nintendo-backed game, and we are saying this is a good game. This is not junk. You're getting your money's worth. Which, obviously, they rode all the way to today, right? Like... Oh, Anything yeah. that comes out of the Nintendo studio is high-quality product. And I think that's probably one of the best moves they've ever made. Agreed. <laughs> so what they did was they said, third-party companies, you're allowed to produce for us, uh, but you're only allowed to make five per year that could release on the NES, which is also another smart move, I think. Yeah, I I mean, I think so too, right? Because it kind of slows production down. It's like right. no need to rush, right? You're not putting 100 games out on our system. Take your time, make it good. Right, there were some companies that got around it. One like Konami for one, they were the first company to release third-party games on the NES. And they also created a sister company called Ultra Games to produce five more games that year. So that kind of circumnavigated that rule, yeah. but... Everyone always all, finds a loophole. All about that money. Yeah. Cool. In 1985, uh, two years before I'm born, Super Mario Brothers is released on the NES. Dude, you're old. Yeah, you're almost as old as me. <laughs> uh, 1986, NES officially releases in the U.S. market, so it took a good 
uh, three years for that thing to happen. You get Metroid and The Legend of Zelda were also released to critical acclaim at the time. And games were no longer just for kids. Kind of one of the big things that came out about Nintendo. The Legend of Zelda being an open world RPG game that really captured the attention of an older audience who had the attention span and time to play a game that took hours and hours and hours to beat, right? You couldn't, you didn't just sit down to try to beat that game. You had to play yeah. over a long period of time with a save function. I also, I wonder, like, in 1986, it says, you know, games were no longer for kids. Like, what does that mean? How, how much do you think the demographic changed with video games? Do you think that a lot of grown people were playing them or... I do. I, I think know. I think we went from an era where you were playing in the arcades, right? And yeah. Atari at home and it was kind of more of a short attention span sit down, play it, beat it. Like games weren't at a level where you you could capture people who had who wanted to solve hard puzzles and and spend a lot of time trying to beat something. They were just trying to get high scores. And yeah, I'm sure there were plenty of adults playing in arcades at the time and all that stuff. But I do think Nintendo was able to kind of get people going from video games as a quick sit-down-to-do hobby to more of a, a long-term uh, time investment. Yeah, I guess. But that's all anecdotal. I don't actually have any. I, yeah, I, I just don't see like my parents playing video games two years before I was born, you know, like yeah. sitting down and like, I don't know. Granted, my parents don't have never played video games. So who knows? Well, yeah, who knows? Uh, cool. They should have. They don't know what yeah. they're missing. 1988 Nintendo Power Magazine is released from Nintendo with strategies, news, and game previews. I remember oh, that magazine. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They even had a hotline you could call in and get like tips and tricks. <laughs> tips. Yeah. Nintendo Power Hotline. Can you imagine yeah. working there? Oh. I think we've talked about it previously on yeah. the podcast. Just like the guy being like, dude, I don't know. I don't know where the last key is to the dungeon. Give <laughs> me a break. Hold on. Let me ask my friend in the next cubicle. Yeah. Now imagine if someone called you in about some obscure game that nobody was playing. You're just oh like, yeah, that you've never even heard of. Dude, like, who wait, has who has the hey, manual for? We we make that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. From 1989 to 1995, we jump into the Game Boy, Super NES, and Virtual Boy era. Which uh, the Virtual Boy era, I wouldn't even call an era, but. Uh, in 1989, Game Boy is released with Tetris selling a whopping 118 million units. And this is my plug to tell people to watch that damn movie because it's so good Seriously. on Apple TV. So good. Watch Tetris if you care about video game history because it's really good. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, game Boy was a game changer for gaming at the time and kind of put Nintendo on the map as something more than just uh, you know, your standard console makers. Uh, let's see, NES and Super NES were releasing games at the same time, which is a little bit weird to me, considering how different they are, but it also makes sense to me, because if you look at nowadays, whenever a company releases a new console, they're still selling games on their old one. 
Uh, cool, cool. But the last first-party NES title, Super Mario Brothers 3, was released in 1990, and they never made another first-party title for uh, the NES, but I loved that game. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then the Super NES was released in 1991 in Japan as the Super Famicom, and it sells out in three freaking days later that year, releasing in the U.S. Three days yeah. they sold this thing out. I mean, yeah, I wonder how many units they had, but yeah, it's amazing. Kind of just goes to show that now Nintendo has like a stranglehold on the gaming market at this point. They are the company. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, cool. It was a four-button controller model for all... Uh, it was the first time we see this, and it's going to last until even nowadays. So Until now. Yeah, Super Nintendo. You can thank them. They put four buttons on there, and that's what we still rock. And I also <laughs> hate that Nintendo has the A button in a different spot than every other controller. Oh, I know. I also, so um, for those of you who have listened previously, I had never owned a Super Nintendo, but my aunt and uncle did. So anytime we went to go visit them, I would just go ham on Super Mario nice. on the Super Nintendo. Like that was, it, whatever was happening in the house, I don't care. I'm playing su Super Mario. Yeah, they're like, all right, we just, we lost Swift for the next <laughs> yep. week. For sure. Cool. At the time, Nintendo backs out of a CD-ROM attachment to the Super NES, which was being developed by Sony, wah, wah, who would go on to develop the hardware into the PlayStation 1. We talked about this in our PlayStation episode, how Sony kind of felt like Japanese samurai movie betrayed by Nintendo at the time, and so yeah. dedicated their lives to producing their own console at that point. But that's probably one of the biggest mistakes nintendo ever made was uh letting that deal fall through oh really you think so oh yeah dude i mean that that they created a nether company of of competition of just competition? by not letting that happen okay yeah i guess if when you're looking at it like that i i don't know for me Nintel, nintendo just means nostalgia right there's no like i guess gamecube had you know little discs or whatever but like other than that, you have cartridges. Yeah, like, you got to have them. You got to have like, them. I don't know. It's so cool for me that Nintendo really never went that way. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing to bring up, and it would have definitely changed the landscape. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Super NES suffers from a late U.S. launch and aggressive marketing by Sega, actually. Sega really jumped into the market at this point, dropping the market share to only 35% for Nintendo at the time. So a lot of people don't realize, but Sega Genesis was actually uh, outperforming the Super Nintendo slash Super Famicom for quite a bit uh, until some big names start coming out i.e. Yeah. the release of Super Mario World, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, and Final Fantasy helps Super NES pass Genesis a few years later in sales, uh, which is cool. I remember those Sega commercials. One of the... Sega does what Nintendo don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn, son. Yeah. Attack. Yeah. 
Uh, cool. In May of 93, Nintendo becomes a top 10 company in the world by revenue. We're talking oil companies, tech That's startups, so like insane. Nintendo, yeah. a video That's game crazy. producer. It's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. now, I mean, in my opinion, now it would make sense with how, how many people are online on Twitch and YouTube and whatever gaming like even like even normal people you talk to every day are gaming, but in '93, right? That Nintendo is a top ten company in the world. Like what? That just it it essentially shows the world that gaming is a legitimate form of media that's here to stay, and that if yeah. you're not going to get on board, you're going to get left behind. So Sony obviously is probably why they put so much attention into the Sony PlayStation at that yeah. point. Cool. Project Reality is announced in 1993, a 64-bit full 3D rendering capable console that which would later become known as the Nintendo 64. That's cool. In 1995, Nintendo purchases Rare, the company that came out with the Donkey Kong Country games, which I freaking loved. Banjo-Kazooie yes. and a bunch of other platformer-type games. Dude, Banjo-Kazooie was one of my favorite games. It was like Ocarina of Time and Banjo-Kazooie were my yeah. two games that I played when I was young. I want to play Banjo-Kazooie with Liam because I feel like that game is still great. Oh, it'd be so fun. But the, And then there's the other one where I tried to get Shannon to play on uh, PlayStation. Then there's Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Those are my two other ones that yeah. I was just like... Home runs, dude. Yeah. Yeah. They're all kind of the same, got the same feel to them, too. Yeah. And cool, lastly, which will round out this uh, this part two of Nintendo history. In 1995, Nintendo starts to feel major pressure from Sega's 32-bit Saturn and Sony's 32-bit PlayStation. So the development of the Nintendo 64 kicks into overdrive, which is where we'll pick up our story on our next episode oh, of One More Game. I cannot wait. Whiff's big gaming system the nintendo 64 yep. next week we'll cover n64 gamecube uh we and the switch so that'll be a cool uh cool little walk Love down it. memory lane yeah all right that is it that is our uh, major topic for the week join us next week as we talk nintendo part three with that we'll jump into what we played this week All right, Swift, what'd you get into? What have you been into over the last, I feel like it's been a month. Dude, it has. Um, the only two games I've played are Tears of the Kingdom and Diablo 4. Nice. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, I talked about. I'm collecting those Korok seeds just because I'm kind of wandering around. I'm working my way to the Fire Temple. Which is, uh, what, that. up north? Northeast. Northeast? I think. Okay. I I don't really know where I'm going. I haven't looked anything up, but it seems to be getting hotter. Uh, that's um, got to be a good sign. Getting a little little bit more challenging, so uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, other than that, Tears of the Kingdom has been awesome. I played it a lot when we were, because I've been on leave and TDY and leave and and then leave. I mean, I've been gone from work for a long time. I only flew twice in June. And it Damn. was the last last two days of June. 
so because I've been just moving. Um, but I've been enjoying Tears of the Kingdom and then Diablo 4. I beat the game yesterday. Oh. Like finished the campaign yesterday. Thoughts? And then, dude, it's I haven't so beat good. it yet, but it's so good. Nice. I'm only level like 52 now. So I'm not a super high level, but Tigar and Easy have been just carrying me along. They got me through the capstone dungeon of world tier two, world tier three, and now we're just doing dungeons in world tier four to get me geared up and grinding away. Yep. Which is so crazy. I told I told Easy earlier, I was like, you quit you didn't like wow because of the grind and yet every season you have to start a new character in diablo like it doesn't make any sense yeah you know? that's why I, I was always like why what yeah i don't know even uh destiny he was like yeah this is fun and then the grind it's like but you grind every day in diablo every day like, literally yeah he loves the grind he played he played uh what's it called for grinding his mind off for three months. Uh yeah. Whatever that I game was. Anyways. All right. That it, huh? That's it. Well, I have good. not been gaming much. I won't lie to you. Uh I even Yeah, you really gotta log into Diablo and give I us know. some permissions to invite people to clan. I know. Maybe I'll do that right after this. It's literally only the four of us right now and you're never on. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'll start playing more. I've finally got everything set up and I'm starting to feel more established in our home. At uh, home. Yeah. Uh, so in my like rebellion the other day against not gaming, not having gamed in so long, I literally reinstalled Final Fantasy fourteen and resubscribed. No. <laughs> I swear. Are you serious? I just was I had the MMO itch, you know how you get it sometimes, but I knew I didn't want to yeah. get back into WoW and so I did it and I was having a great time. Okay. And well, then nice. as long as you're having a good time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then that got me wanting to play my Final Fantasy stuff more. So I've been trying to uh, grind away on Final Fantasy 3 on the Steam Deck. I think I'm oh, nice. probably about, I'd probably say, if I had to guess, like 50% of the way through that game. Uh, but it's way, it's on a way bigger scale than the previous two. So it's I'm having a good time. Okay, good. And you are a, what are you? You're a dragoon. You're dragoon. pretty hardcore, dude. Yeah, love that. Uh, and then that's it, really. I I haven't played Diablo in a good about a month. You haven't I, been playing anything with with Liam? Uh, just MLB the show. Yeah. Okay. He's all baseball right now, dude. That's all he wants to do. We're either watching baseball or playing baseball outside or playing MLB the show. I love it. Did it's you guys awesome. watch the College World Series? Yeah. It was, it was that was wild. We were sad to see uh the, the Gamecocks not make it, but Yeah. Dude, just the back and forth of the finals were crazy. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Yeah. 
and that's it, dude. That's all I've been doing. Unpacking, nice. getting pissed that I'm not playing video games, so playing getting, the most getting settled though, which the is the most nice. video game video game I could find, Final Fantasy Online, and then uh, yeah, some FF3. Cool, cool. Nice. That's it. If you uh, if you want us to play a game, guys, reach out to us. OMG underscore podcast gg at uh, Twitter and Instagram. Tell us what you want us to try out. We'll give you a nice, legit review like we have with some other games that people have uh, suggested. Uh, or you can reach out to us at omgpodcastgg at gmail.com. Send us, a, send us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. We've got some big, big stuff coming up for One More Game Podcast. That's why we got to start uh, making sure we're getting your weekly episodes in because uh, I'll just show you a little little teaser here for our next big giveaway. Uh, but if you, uh, if you find yourself in the market for a gaming computer and like to get into an entry level, <laughs> uh, entry level into the world of PC gaming, OMG is going to hook you. One of you lucky listeners up here shortly, with something really special from our friends over at viral tech. Uh, and, uh, thing is so sweet. Yeah. We're pretty excited about that. So stay tuned. We'll hit you up and let you know how that's all going to work. That's going to be awesome. And uh, we're looking forward to also seeing you guys at TwitchCon, hopefully. And uh, big things on the horizon. So stay tuned. All right, Swift, before we go, you got anything for these guys before we uh, before we head out? Oh, I always feel on the spot with this, even though I know it's coming. But uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Nice. Uh, I don't really have anything for you either, guys. Um, sometimes, sometimes video games are your passion, and they're awesome, but sometimes you just don't get enough time to play them, and that's okay. And that's what we're here for, is to talk about video games, and just you can just listen and enjoy it while you can. All right, guys, thanks for listening tonight. Thanks for uh, joining us in the chat, as always, and listening abroad. We are One More Game Podcast. We talk video games. It was me and Swift tonight, the OGs, but we also have I'm Pickle Matt and Butter Toast uh, on the podcast. So thanks for your support as we continue to grow this young, young community. All right, guys. You know our socials, and you can find our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or omgpodcast.podbean.com, or anywhere else you find your podcast. You also can find us on YouTube which is another cool place that we've been uh, putting our episodes up. All right, that's it for tonight. Thanks again, Swift. We'll see you next time. And uh, I'll leave you guys with one final thought. Just because you have to grow up doesn't mean you have to stop gaming. Game on, gamers, and we'll see you on the next episode of One More Game. Swift, see ya. See ya. You've been listening to the One More Game Podcast. Designed for adults who play video games. Adults who play video games who constantly get nagged about it. Nag, nag, nag. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Find the One More Game podcast where you get your podcasts. Hit us up on Instagram at OMGPodcastGG and on Twitter at OMG underscore PodcastGG. Until next time, they'll keep nagging and we'll keep playing. See you next time on the One More Game podcast.